Hello, and thank you for listening to the Founders Corner podcast, hosted by AJ Prasad. Join AJ as he sits down with business owners from around the world to discuss their business struggles. As an entrepreneur and proud owner of many seven-figure web-based businesses, AJ has dedicated himself to helping businesses of all shapes and sizes grow. If you would like to reach out to AJ, fill out the form on our site. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is AJ Prasad and welcome to the Founders Corner podcast. With me today, I have Nick Andraco. Nick is the founder of, of an e-commerce startup called HIBR, a lifestyle bedding company selling pillows and mattresses directly to the consumer. How are you today, Nick? I'm doing good, AJ. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So please tell us a little bit about your business and its successes. Sure. So a few years ago, two and a half years ago, I started uh, myself and a business partner of mine, Eric Arbe, started uh, a lifestyle bedding company called Hyber. And uh, we sell mattresses and pillows directly to the consumer online. Uh, it's the bed in a box uh, model, which basically bypasses the retail uh, stores and all the markups that they have and uh, all the hassles that comes with that. So uh, we ship right to your door and uh, give a hundred night guarantee and do free returns. So it's been a it's been a pretty good ride so far. Two and a half years in. So so it's, it's similar. Your model is similar to obviously Casper, which a lot of people know about. A lot of people know them. They Casper raised a lot of money and they spend a lot of money on marketing. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people know them. Yep. But it's a similar model, right? It's a it's a it's a similar model to where yeah you can order direct and you you bypass the stores. Correct. Yep. Okay. And uh, and how how is the attraction? Do you uh, are you seeing a lot of success or um, how, how is the business doing? Yeah, business is doing really well. We when we launched, we launched with a pillow initially, and we actually launched on Kickstarter under the name Foam, F O F O H M, and we had a little legal trouble with uh, a company called I don't know if I can say it or not. A company called Brookstone. They thought that our name was too similar. Uh, to a product that they sold called called Foom, mm-hmm. so so we uh, they basically sent us a a nice polite letter. We decided we didn't want to incur all the legal fees, so um, we kind of consulted with some people and decided it was best to change our name to Hyber. And honestly, it worked out for the best. I kind of like the name Hyber better than Foam, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've been doing uh been doing pillows. We got a lot of great reviews from our pillows. Uh, Lifehacker did an unbelievable article on us. Uh, they just loved it there, and uh, that kind of sprung board us uh, into the into the public space and really has been driving helped helped drive sales and made it a lot easier. And then we launched the mattress uh, last year and um, really been able to focus on our current customers mm-hmm. and uh, just through content strategies be able to do do sales. So yeah, things have been things have been going well. Okay, congratulations. That's the uh, a great uh, thing to hear. So let's let's go um, after we go over in you know specific questions that you have. Sure, I guess you know this is kind of entrepreneur-based question. Is that I have a, a very personal question. Like I have a, a tough time saying no, and um, you know to avoid burnout and losing opportunities. How do you? How, how do you recommend the entrepreneurs out there that are trying to make it? How do you recommend them saying no a lot? So they don't overload their plate, but but also not missing opportunities by saying no. So, so when you when you are saying no, you are you talking about 
new product or new opportunities? Is that what? Just, any, just any opportunities. And the example I'll give you is I, I, I do a lot of volunteering. Uh, I also still consult with my first business, which is a digital marketing agency. Mm-hmm. So I still, I still have my hand in that a little bit, and I still do. So just basically, when your when your plate starts getting really full with other things, whether it's new products or just outside the business stuff, how do you start saying no to things, or, or how do you? kind of judge what do you do to judge things on on how how full your plate is so you don't lose business opportunities but also you know not keep your plate too empty uh, you know i have a a similar situation like like you have uh you know i have you know few businesses and and, and you know there are certain business where where i have the you know big focus so what what i do and i think that that should work for you is uh, is really setting the priorities very uh, clear in uh, in terms of where your focus is going to be and and once you have the the focus so so to give you an idea i have a one business uh, that kind of runs on its own and you know it's on autopilot i have like three people managing it and uh, so mentally i have given uh, in my schedule, if you look at it, every week I have 30 minutes for that business. Okay, so uh, so that that's what what it is, and uh, uh, the people who are working for me know that that's what it is. So unless there's an, of course, if there's an emergency, uh, then I get uh, you know. So so you that is life, right? Nothing happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but generally speaking, it works for me because uh, the people, if they know that it's not urgent they can wait they will typically uh, you know wait uh, until every thursday when i have this 30 minutes dedicated to it uh, and and it helps so so this is uh, one thing that i will tell you especially since you also have multiple businesses and volunteering and everything you have to uh, prioritize and the way i pri- uh, everyone has a different way of prioritizing right so so a lot of people have uh, uh, their daily schedule like totally packed it's like i'm going to do from 10 to 10 30 uh, i'm going to, you know it works for a lot of people it doesn't work for me so i have uh, actually on my calendar i have a lot of what i call white space where really i don't have anything and and uh, i can choose to spend the time uh, as i want when i'm saying a lot of 20 25 percent which is very unusual for someone who can wear three businesses uh, and but but broadly speaking, I know that this to this time or these days, I'm just going to focus on this business. Uh, and that, that's how I manage to do it. And everyone has a different way. But you have to set priorities and you say, okay, this is going to be my focus now. And the reason I'm saying focus so that, that it does not mean that, that you cannot uh, if today is your uh, mattress business, then you cannot do anything about uh, digital marketing. Of course, that's your focus. But if there's an urgency, some, someone calls, of course, you take the phone or you talk to the person uh, about that. So so that that is my suggestion is, is the more you can prioritize. And when I'm saying prioritize, just write it down. You know, I have, like I said, I have, you know, I'm so anal that I have like days where it's like on Thursday, it's 30 minutes, that's when I'm going to spend. I also have, uh, uh, I block like uh, time that says, it just is internal project. And all it means is, I'm not going to talk about, think about any uh, customer. It is just going to be my 
own thing. And sometimes I have to do some research. I go on Google to check what is happening. But because I have like three, four businesses, I, you know, I give myself that flexibility and say, or oh, today, which business I'm going to, uh, to look into internally. So, so just again, the more, more you plan, and and uh, and so that you know that wh what time is your focus on what so you know you can you can give uh, whatever x days or certain you know one day where you say for two hours i'm just going to focus on the issues with my volunteer work and and so that way you have the discipline uh, what i do is for example if something pops up uh, in you know in front of me that that has to, you know, that is not my focus and it's not urgent, I will go and I'll add it in the calendar of the focus days for that particular business and say, you know, this is the issue. So, so it's not like when I'm thinking, when I say, okay, today is my transcription business day, which I, I, own, I do own a transcription business. It's not like I'm saying, uh, oh, because it's transcription business, uh, you know, what do I do? Generally speaking, something comes up during the, you know, during the week and I just add it if it's not urgent I'll just go and add it in the in the calendar like okay that's the discussion so I go and I'm like okay these are six things that I I need to handle about that or this is a ten thing so this again it's it's just organizing because you have more uh, I, I see I started my career in corporate life so you had no option but to organize the moment you move up to a certain level which I was very lucky to do very uh, uh, very early in my career so you just learn to organize and and it's just a habit uh, nick once you get into the habit it will become very natural okay yeah i do very similar i, I kind of block off mornings and afternoons for each businesses and other things i want to do so i didn't know if you had any you so you do kind of rely on scheduling and you just don't do it on an hourly basis you're doing it more on a day day to day exactly right and, okay. and because you have multiple businesses you you know, there are teams where, unfortunately, no matter uh, how good your team is, you are still the leader. So that's where you, you just, you know, what I do is I just block, you know, certain day and time and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on the issues with this business so that I'm, I'm never, I never get out. And by the way, I also have like, I spend 30 minutes a day, uh, which I block it. That's when I go on the you know over the emails of the other businesses uh, just so that you don't also want to be totally out of it and email as as you uh, once you start to own these uh, several businesses then the email is is the big thing you know if you start to look into email every time it comes in that will suck up your time so how do you manage your emails is is equally important okay now i appreciate it um no, if you switching switching gears quite a bit here, this is a, a much broader question. Uh, but and I'm, hopefully the audience will find some value in this. Is when you're what, what would you? And I know I hate to get, throw a number on a top three or top five or whatever it is. But when you if you're going out looking or you're about to receive funding, uh, what are the first actions that that you recommend? Uh, a small team. So basically making a transition from the small team that you might have to actually raising a little bit of money and you're, and you're, you're onto a series A or, or whatnot. And um, what are you, what are kind of the first actions that you recommend taking? So, so the first thing is, 
you know i have and and i have been in in vc world also uh, not as a vc which i do now i do some angel investing uh, but you know before i have worked for funded companies uh, so one th- and i have i basically bootstrapped all my businesses so first thing i always say is when you are getting funding you should have a real very clear cut idea of why you are getting this funding because obviously by when you are getting funding either you are paying interest or you are you are giving your uh, equity to to someone else so knowing that is is very important why you get it funding now personally i like to spend most of you know my resources uh since because i'm self funding on uh, on marketing and understanding the, the the customer needs so so the so the most important aspect is of course of any business is marketing and innovation as uh, you know i think i can't remember the name <laughs> but what some real famous business guy said long time back i read and it has just stuck to me uh, and and as you focus on marketing your product innovation automatically will uh, you know you will get the ideas for innovation because you know part of marketing is of course listening to the consumers and see what they are saying what about your product and how you innovate almost all my businesses is not even close to what it is now versus when it was started because as as you uh, as you move into the business all of a sudden you start to to see a need you You, you know you pivot you you make changes you add features you take out features uh, whatever so so that that is where my my first thing is make sure why you are getting money especially uh, because otherwise it is it is so easy to to invest i will tell you when i was in in dot com company and i was i went there very late anyway i was uh, you know a well funded company that i went to head uh, and they had already blown 80% of their money the fund 15 million dollars and most of the money was i in my mind they blew into these really shiny objects or oh, having a really nice office uh, you know from with the ocean view and then uh, then having like uh, uh, this massive infrastructure that could support 1 million customer when they had zero customer okay so so just uh it it is very easy to blow your money on a business because so so just making sure that you know when you are bootstrap the best part is that you are not you you know you don't waste money right because you don't have money typically to waste <laughs> so you look you spend on something that is absolutely uh, critical and and that's where it, since if you are thinking about uh, funding going after the the next round just very clear in your mind why you need those fund for and and the and and if you are saying that most of the fund i am going to use is to grow my customer base i, I think that is the best usage of fund uh, which you know which is marketing so so acquire more customer so long you know that you can acquire a customer for x dollar but you are getting x delta uh, in uh, at that point raising fund makes a lot of sense to me obviously if you have the the second best thing that i can think of that you can spend on is the product innovation that you need uh no matter what your product is you have to keep on innovating throughout the career of uh throughout the life of the product right or or for the business you have to keep on innovating always so marketing and innovation those are the best usage for 
money in my mind uh, and then everything else is overhead so the 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 more you reduce the you know the over the more you control overhead the better off you are uh, i i just other than marketing and innovation i think i look at everything else is is, is overhead okay no that's you're you're right on the nose there that's exactly what we've been focusing on and that's that's um the debate on you know how much we're taking and you know obviously giving up a bigger share of the company the more the more you give away so or the more you take in so uh on that marketing and innovation kind of note are you uh should people be investing especially smaller businesses that maybe haven't done a series a yet or anything focus on smaller you know maybe a little bit of advertising budget that they uh they do have focus in smaller markets or yeah, okay. do you you see, uh, you have to optimize your marketing budget, right? Whatever it is. So I always say that the more narrow target, the more you narrow target, the the better your, your return on marketing is going to be. So depending on in your budget, on your budget, just the you you already know your customer base. So so you want to make sure you know make it as narrow as possible so that where you are getting the most uh, uh, most return. Okay, and then then don't uh, don't expand that until you have exhausted that segment, right? So it, it's a matter of uh, segmenting your market first, and you say, okay, this is where I am getting the best result, and you don't want to even look at other segment until you know that okay, you have maxed it. You know now you you own this segment, and then I'm going to go after the the next one. I mean, I I see all you know you can almost look at the advertising of the, uh, and you can very often tell that uh, th this company has gotten a lot of uh, uh, funding <laughs> from VCs because when you see the advertising that is totally unfocused, they are talking about brands and building brand when the company is, is forming, uh, it's a total waste of money. So, so uh, if, you know, my, my suggestion always is narrow it, uh, narrow your target as much as you can. And then make sure that you just go and dominate it. You are you are it company for that that segment, and then grow. Uh, I will give you a interesting example of a, a massive company right now, which is Facebook. And I'm sure that you have heard. They started with just you know a network, a social media, uh, media just for Harvard, and then they they expanded it to uh, Ivy's, uh, and then they they opened it up to in students, right? Anywhere, uh, you know, so long you're a university student. So there was a time when Facebook, in order to join, you had to have .edu uh, email ID. And then at some point, they just opened it up. So so they did a very good job of, you know, going after a very small market, completely owning that market, and then opening it up to the to a bigger market and bigger market. That's, that, I think that it was, I don't know if it was planned. I'm sure it was planned. Uh, you know, these things don't happen uh, accidentally, and that's the reason why they are so successful. So if you can do that, pick up the smallest market and just own it, and then then expand it, build around it. So you're talking about not not necessarily focusing on the branding element, but basically focus on getting sales. Yes, uh, you know okay. the branding brand brand happens. You know, once you when you when you have a great product. And you have the customers using it, and you start. You know why they are using it. You will see that the uh, the the brand will happen. 
and the brand happens around the why, right? So you have a, your business, you know, there are three components of business. Uh, you have the why aspect of it, then you have how and what. What is your end product, obviously? How is How do you get there? But why is the reason why you went into the business? And that is your branding. Uh, I, I recently actually read this book that I suggest everyone should, uh, should uh, read. Uh, it's the Nike story. It's, uh, you know, the Phil Knight. It is his, uh, you know, I think... Uh, bio. Uh, sh- shoe Dog, right? Shoe Dog. Yeah, I read that. And uh, have, have you read that book? I, I read that last year, yep. Yeah, and uh, as you can see, uh, there the branding happens not because there was some genius uh, brand guy was sitting there. It was the why. They got into the business because they really believed that everyone needs an athletic shoe, right? Everyone has an athlete in them. And then they kept on, uh, you know, build upon that and building shoes for athletes. But because they were so sure that everyone needs that, it's not like just for athletes. And that's how, and then I'm, I'm sure that you read that, you know, that the shoes, that, you know, that logo, they spent 80 bucks to create it, right? And, and everyone knows it. So again, I think that the why you started your business ultimately is, is where you will get the branding so don't worry too much about branding in the beginning focus on the why make sure that that you are very consistent with your reason for starting the business uh, and uh, and then then obviously I always say if the reason is to make money then you're probably not going to work out uh, in the long run but so long you focus on that uh, and then focus on getting it in the hands of customer listening to the customer and innovating your product the brand will build and that, you know, it, it's, it's a much later stage where you start to talk about this is what we stand for and all that, uh, on, you, know, on, you know, on a big screen. Now, of course, on your website, you should always say what you stand for. And that's the why aspect of your business, why you started it. Uh, and and the, another thing that will happen is, is the why will help you connect with your uh, customers also. Because that will help you figure out, okay, this is my segment, right? You know, this is the target customer I have, and they can relate to it because of your why. The uh, no, I appreciate that, AJ. The what is your opinion on why are businesses today, I think, failing? Like, what 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 do you do? You have do you have a couple things, a couple pitfalls that you that you maybe see when you're talking to, you know, looking at businesses or, or consulting with businesses on, a, is there a common thread or a trend that you notice on, are they losing focus or is there anything that you can pinpoint? I, I will tell you uh, the, so there's one fundamental uh, reason, I think, and there is there is one uh, behavior <laughs> reason. And then there, you know, of course, a lot of things needs to, since you have built successful businesses, you know that many things have to fall in place. The fundamental problem that I see a lot of, especially startups failing, is that they have the uh, they have the wrong reason to, to get into the business. The reason they got into business is, is not right. Uh, so, so they, you know, they got into business because, uh, oh, so-and-so is working, so I can be number two and all that. So, so the why aspect of it. Yeah, businesses are not who don't know why they are in the business, they got into business, the startups, uh, has a you know much bigger uh, chance to fail. Just because you don't have a core value, 
right? That is driving you. Uh, and the second big reason that I see companies fail, which is more behavior, is people give up very quickly, the, the lack of persistence. Uh, I have seen, uh, you know, in my my career as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur in the last uh, 13 years, people come in all excited and really believing in the business, actually the cause that, uh, that they want to get into the business for. And then they, they will hit the first roadblock and give up and say, you know what, uh, this is not for me. I'm just going to, uh, to go and find a job. Now, I tell everyone that uh, to be successful in business is very difficult. And so you better, uh, you know, love what you're doing, uh, why you're doing it, and then make sure I can almost guarantee you that you will hit many roadblocks and, and you will have many disappointments. And unless you have the persistence, it will not work. So those are the two big reasons that, that I see for the failure. Everything else is, is it's almost like, you know, when people say I ran out of money, I, that, those are like symptoms. Okay, the, the core reason for failing is, you know, they don't know why they started the business. And the second piece is obviously, like I said, uh, even if I know why I started the business, uh, you know, I, I don't have that persistence to stick to witness. Yeah, I've given that same advice when I've been asked that same question. So I was kind of interested to see if you had a different perspective on it or not. Is, is the, uh, you almost have to, I don't want to say like to fail, but you have to be very comfortable, I think, with failing. Yeah, um, it's it's going to happen. I mm -hmm. always tell people that, uh, you know, plan on failing quickly because then what happens is that then you will still have the energy and the resources to get up and try something else, right? So, uh, so yeah, you know, uh, if you have to fail, fail quickly. I mean, and most of the failure happens for a startup so long as for a good reason in marketing, right? You try something, it didn't work. And you try something and, and I see many people, they will try one thing in marketing, it failed and they will say, okay, you know, it, it won't work. Uh, versus I always say, uh, you know, you just fail cheaply, fail quickly, and then you will be fine. I, I like fail cheaply. Yes. <laughs> you, you have to fail cheaply, otherwise then, uh, otherwise you won't have the energy to be uh, yeah. standing. Yeah, but I, and I also tell people too it's the the whole mentality of like i think it's the evolution of business as well like it really weeds out the weak and i hate to i don't mean to say that disrespectfully but it weeds out the pe the people that stomach it the people that are probably successful have the have the strongest stomachs to make it that far correct correct yeah so no i appreciate the insight on that um if we if, if i have a minute i'd love to ask you a, a kind of a clouds question is when you're when you're selling your business, and I'm not selling hybrid anytime soon, but when you're selling your business, do you have some things to avoid, like things that people should avoid or what to look for, um, that whole process, any kind of tips in the whole exit strategy of their business? Sure. So first thing, uh, and by the way, I can tell you from my personal experience also because I tried to sell one of my business and then I backed off uh, about you know four years back. Uh, so... The first thing I always say that any business that you do, you should always have an exit strategy. Not because you want to sell it, that what the exit strategy does is it helps you uh, build the right uh, structure within the company. You know, you cannot exit a business unless that business can run on, on its own, right? Yeah, I, I think that everyone would agree. So if unless the business can run without you, you cannot exit. So I always tell people that yes, you should always have plan to 
to exit and that will help you create org, org chart and everything you know the business structure uh, that that can uh, scale because unless you can exit you cannot scale uh, now so so that's one thing now when you are selling your business what I have learned is and of course it has to be profitable otherwise who would, who would buy it uh, and I'm I'm talking about small business I'm uh, you know a business that I, I'm not talking about obviously uh, you know Facebook coming in and paying uh, whatever uh, 29 billion dollars to buy whatever <laughs> for snapchat so I'm talking about someone who has built a a successful business and wants to sell uh, one thing that you want to avoid is is you have when you are selling you have to be very careful you have to build to a certain level in order to get the the best value right and what I'm, I have noticed is uh, unless you are doing uh, uh, you know unless your business is is solid profitable and when I'm saying solid doing a couple of million dollars a year it is very difficult to to, to get the right value because at that point uh, you can you can sell it to uh, say private equity fund and uh, you know or a larger competitors and you get a real value if your business is small and uh, and say you say, say your business is generating half a million dollars uh, which is where I was when I tried to sell Generally, it will not make sense to uh, to sell it unless you cannot run it. But simply because you, the only people who will buy that kind of business are the people who are looking for self-employment, uh, and by definition, they don't have money. So you will not get the uh, the right money. So even if you have a a business that is doing half a million dollars in today's world, you have to uh, uh, you know in half a million in profit. If you wanted the same cash flow, you will probably need. 10 million dollars right to get half a million dollars every year uh, going forward so the biggest uh, problem uh, thing that people do is they will go and they will say oh I will sell it for a million dollars you know because that's the kind of offer you get a million dollar you know uh, and 1.5 million and then they will say I'll pay you two hundred thousand dollars up front and I'll pay you whatever a percent of uh, profit uh, so those things that the reason it never works is even if you get million dollar cash up front, you cannot generate uh, the kind of cash flow. So, so I always say that when you are trying to sell your business, make sure that you know that uh, you don't need the same cash flow that the business is generating for you, uh, because you will not from the from the profit. You know, the best thing that you can do is you can have a successor give them equity so that it it generate a constant cash flow for you. So the, the the thing to avoid is really try to sell it to someone that is looking for self-employment because I almost never works out. I can I know at least at least a dozen people uh, Nick, who uh, you know that gives you an idea of that you know I'm a pretty old guy who had really successful business. I mean I had uh, one one of my very good friend had a super successful market research business for literally like 25 years I mean when I met him he's much older than I am uh, and uh, and he was already a well-established business for uh, uh, you know for 10-15 years and then uh, about 10 years back he sold his company and he thought it was the right price and everything and he ended up getting just 10-15 percent of it because no one can if if someone 
pays you a cash, it's fine. But he did the same thing. He thought it was the right, right value and he got some money up front and then the rest of the money was supposed to come from the profit, which never came. So just don't get into that those kind of sales, sales agreements. If, if you have to sell it, sell it for cash, whatever cash you can get. But the moment you are trying to sell, sell your business, which has, uh, you know, ongoing payment component, unless you are selling it to your son, it's a different story. Uh, you know, at least you can, you know, you hopefully your son will will not uh, look for a loophole to not pay you. <laughs> but <laughs> if if it if happens, then obviously you raised some, you did something. Exactly. <laughs> raising your kid. Uh, but yeah, that that is the biggest thing. You you should always try to scale your business uh, where you can you can sell it to like uh, the real businesses, either private equity fund or your competitor who can give you a reasonable, you know. And that's that. By the way, that's the only way you'll get the real value also for the business. I mean, I I can tell you that the a business that was generating four hundred thousand dollar in uh, in in free cash flow. The best offer I got was uh, 1.8 million dollars, uh, 500,000 upfront, and then uh, something like 25% of the profit until the rest of the amount is paid. And I'm like, so what happens if you, uh, you know, just drive this business into the ground? And there was, there's no uh, no guarantee. I mean, it's not like he was going to write his home. And and luckily, I didn't do that. And frankly, I've already made that much money, and I still own that business 100%. In, in the uh, in the next four or five years, it was five years back that uh, was uh, I had the offer. So just be very careful about that. That's the that is where I see a lot of small businesses get sucked into, where someone says, "Oh, I will pay you two million dollars, but guess what? Two hundred thousand right now and hundred thousand a year for whatever." Uh, then unless, unless that is backed up by some real solid, uh, you know, uh, wealth. Or, or it, it is in, in some sort of escrow. If it is backed by your business, don't do it. Okay. Yeah, because there's not, I mean, like I said, I, I thought it was something that brings some value to the audience because it's something that's kind of very difficult to find online, honestly. Um, you're just doing a little bit of research into it. Again, like I said, I'm not looking to do that with either of my businesses. I was just kind of for general knowledge. And um, it was uh, it just, it's, you don't get a lot of information out there for it. So yeah, there, there, is, there is nothing in there because, uh, you see, the problem is, no one is focused on these small business owners, and that's where we. I feel like we are totally on our own. Uh, you know, you'll find some brokers, and uh, you know, and the, and the broker has the only objective is is to, to uh, you know, to to sell your business at the least in amount of price so that you can find buyers very quickly. Uh, and there, there's no guidance per se. But I, having go, gone through the process myself, I started, and frankly. I was still looking into, I was considering doing it and luckily I have a mentor who is, you know, where the wisdom is 10 times more than I have and I just asked him this question and he just, you know, literally on the napkin over the lunch, he just took out a na you know, napkin, wrote some numbers and say, see if it makes sense for you and it just dawned on me, he said, how much money you would need to because I have already told him that, oh, you know, this business is running on its own and I spend, uh, but it's generating this much money. And he's like, how much money you need to have to have to, so that you can make investment and get this kind of cash flow? And it was just an eye opener for me. It's like, oh, geez, 
and and you would be surprised that if you have the right structure it is much easier to replace yourself within the company so that you are paying someone's salary and you are uh, you know you are now more like a chairman so you are involved but not involved like uh, and then at the same time you you keep the big chunk of the profit that the company is generating okay yeah I, uh, hey, before before we go, H, before you kick me off, is uh, how many hours a how many hours a week are you working? How many hours a day are you working? Balancing the work life, I always like to ask that question. You know, I frankly, I'm I am getting better and better. Uh, there was a time when I used to work 80, 90 hours a week. Uh, now I am down to to 50. So so I like to keep it at around 50 hours per week. And that includes, uh, you know, four or five hours on weekend. That is my time. I come in and, and frankly, there are days when I just watch a movie on YouTube in my office because no one is in the office. I'm on my own sometimes, you know, most of the time I am, I look at a project. I do that. I do some research on Google, whatever I want to do. So even that I count is as my time in the sense uh, work time because, you know, that helps me when I'm working, it is pretty intense. So, so it helped me unwind. But when you were when, when you when you were, when you were building your businesses before you were the success that you are, you were putting in. You're talking about 12, 15, oh, 16 yeah. hour days, seven days a week. That, seven days a week, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's. And that's what I tell people who want to start their business. You just count on doing it. There's no way around it. Uh, you know, if even if someone comes in and and pays a lot of money. Uh, suppose you get a funding and if you still you don't put those kind of hours you will fail anyway so it and the reason is that it's very when you are starting a business it's really tough to do everything right so uh, again my what we talked about you fail quickly and fail cheaply so you will have a lot of failure and you have to keep on uh, adjusting right you, you have to keep on fixing so that's why it takes lot of time in the beginning because you're still trying to find your way and and as you start to find your way things will start to to get downhill uh, it took me four years you know when where i started to feel like i have more control <laughs> over my life and my business because uh, for the first four years i was just frantic trying to to survive really uh, and when when you're on the survival mode you don't think about uh, your time and free time and balance and all that uh, but, you know those things are, those are luxuries for me and that and that is a luxury for every entrepreneur trying to to balance I mean I know that the younger generation and I'm much older of course I'm a baby boomer but the younger generation is is very focused on the on the balance thing and uh, personally I don't think that entrepreneurship and that balance uh, you know Starting from the get-go, having that balance work go hand in hand. You have to sacrifice one or other. I agree. It's something I tell people that when they ask me that question too. Of what, it goes back to our question about failing. You know, what, what's another reason people fail? I, I like to say you don't work hard enough. Uh, you're not putting you're not putting in enough time. Exactly. So, okay. Now I appreciate it. So, yeah. Good, Nick. So uh, you know now uh, you know the the end of it. So. So, you know, tell me, uh, uh, is there anything that you want to share with my audience in terms of, uh, you know, how they can reach you? Uh, would you do anything special for my audience in terms of if they want to buy your product? 
Yeah, we're doing for the month of March, and we'll extend it throughout April here, just just for uh, just for the audience here. Is we're doing a we're doing a thing on our website for uh, the promo code is Sleep Month, and uh, Mar- March is Sleep Awareness Month. So we're doing something just buy one get one. You can buy one of our pillows, you get one free. So uh, we've had quite a few people take us up on that offer so far for March. So um, it's been uh, it's been a good good promo to kind of get the word out and just bring awareness to you know, to try to get some sleep. And I know entrepreneurs, at least the, the ones that are hustling, you don't get as much as you probably want, but, um, like to think that our product can help a little bit. So that's kind of what we're doing for there. If everyone wants to reach out to me at all, it's, um, you can get me on Twitter at, uh, Nick Andreco or, um, on Instagram at Andreco and, um, O O N D R A K O. But, um, yeah, no, I appreciate the time, AJ. Fantastic. And I will have this, your contact information you're offering the show notes. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nick. It was really good talking to you. All right, and congratulations you. on being uh, starting such a good business. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Founders Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you're listening through one of these programs, visit our main page at www.gmrwebteam.com forward slash the Founders Corner.